Hi, my name is Mike Dillard, and this is Self Made Man, the podcast for those who want to leave their mark on the world and create a legacy of honor, integrity, and achievement in every aspect of your life. I'm glad you're here, and once again, it is time to forge your destiny. Well, if you want to learn how to become more effective at online marketing, this is the episode you've been waiting for. Today, we're going to sit down with Dave Woodward, and Dave is the Chief Revenue Development Officer for ClickFunnels.com. Now, if you haven't heard of it, ClickFunnels is an all-in-one online marketing system that was started by my good friend, Russell Brunson, and Dave is the man in charge of growing their customer base. By the way, if you haven't had a chance to go watch uh, Russell's lesson at SelfMadeMan.com, make sure you do that ASAP. The feedback that we've been getting from everybody who's seen it has been absolutely awesome. And right now, you can become a Self-Made Man Premium member, which will give you unlimited access to every class on the platform free for the next seven days. So go take advantage of that. Now, here's what's really exciting. This year, ClickFunnels will do around $170 million in revenue, which will give them a valuation of around $1 billion. So how did they do it? Well, today you're going to find out as Dave and I discuss all of the latest marketing trends and the strategies that have been working best for them. We're going to dive into email marketing, social media, YouTube, mobile payments, webinars, everything in between. And we're going to let you know what is working best today. So with that being said, please help me welcome Dave Woodward. Well, Dave Woodward, it's a phenomenal pleasure to finally have you on the show uh, to join your counterpart over at ClickFunnels, Mr. Russell Brunson. I'm super excited to have you. Thanks so much for the time today. Oh, it's always an honor. I love being on your show. Absolutely. So we're here today to talk about marketing, to talk about customer acquisition, and to talk about the phenomenal success story and run that ClickFunnels has had over the, the past couple of years since you guys launched it in 2014. I think a lot of our audience is probably familiar with uh, Russell and his story. You know, we featured him on the Self-Made Man platform in one of the lessons. But how did you get involved in ClickFunnels? <laughs> Great story. I've actually known Russell and Todd and everyone else for for quite some time. Russell, I've probably known over 10 years. I think uh, one of the very first projects I did years and years ago with him was actually Network Marketer of the Year when I actually interviewed you, if you remember that way back when. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I've known Russell for quite some time. We've done a lot of different projects together. But we ended up actually, when ClickFunnels came out, I think one of the main things Russell kind of attributes to the success of it was really finding a whole bunch of A players to focus in on areas that he didn't want to spend his time on. So obviously, Todd was brought in primarily from the dev standpoint. Uh, we've got Ryan who works on our as our CTO, and I've been brought in. I'm much more of the extrovert of the group, and uh, I'm the one basically who's out there uh, as the business development person, you know, drumming things up. So I've known Russell for years. We've done a lot of fun projects together, but ClickFunnels has really been kind of our baby we've had a ton of fun with. Well, you, y'all are clearly doing something right. You know, you're roughly three years old now. You guys did $70 million in revenue in 2017. You've got 57,000 active users who are paid, you know, essentially on a monthly basis. And essentially, you guys are a SaaS business, right? You've got a a software platform that y'all sell access to. And what I've really found the most interesting is to watch you guys essentially build a SaaS company in a completely unique way that has really kind of shocked that industry. I know that y'all have been courted by many, many VC funds to acquire your business. And when they start to look at your numbers and the fact that y'all are acquiring customers at a profit, 
which they've never really seen before, <laughs> um, <laughs> they start to freak out. So take us back to, or at least through the story of how you guys have built this platform into such a monster and you've done it without any funding at all. And, you know, this year your goal is to hit $140 million in annual revenue, which from a software, you know, SaaS perspective would give you guys valuation that's close to a billion dollars, which is just unbelievable. So how did you do it? Oh, great question. It's, it's honestly for us, it's been one of the funnest things as we were talking earlier, as far as the idea, I talked to a lot of these growth equity, private equity guys, and they just don't understand the whole idea of really kind of the direct response marketing is where it kind of comes from. And that was whoever can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. And in the software business, most of the time, Mike, as you know, people, for us, if we wanted to go out and pay for a free trial, it would cost us anywhere from about $130 to $150 per free trial. Well, as being privately funded, we, we just don't have those kind of pockets. Typically, in the SaaS business, you raise a whole bunch of money and you burn through it in the hope of acquiring a bunch of customers that hopefully will eventually ramp up to the point where your lifetime value pays for all that kind of stuff. For us, since it was our own money, we went basically back to the things we knew best. And that was we've really built it by eating our own dog food. And that is we've got a whole bunch of front end funnels. Uh, two of our most popular ones right now are the two books that Russell's written, Dotcom Secrets and Expert Secrets. And we just actually went through the process of rebuilding those funnels. And our average cart value for, for both of those funnels right now is, is north of $40, $45. So for us, we can spend up to $45 to acquire a customer for a free book. And then the back end, obviously, then they get introduced to ClickFunnels. And so for us, that's really how we've done it. Literally, Russell and I had a lunch with a VC or a private equity guy about a year and a half ago. And we were explaining this to him. He's like, you know, if that's true, you guys are going to completely, totally change the way business is done. I'm like, well, that's the whole idea. So that's how we do it. Yeah, no, it's been it's been really interesting. And, and you know, at least a year or two ago, when I went through the ClickFunnels, you know, marketing funnel, you guys do webinars as well, well, where you will sell uh, essentially an entire training suite, right? An information training suite on marketing. I believe it was for like $1,000. And correct me if I'm wrong as far as what the exact offer was, but that included, you know, your ClickFunnels account for the year or something like that. Can you refresh my memory on, on what the offer was? Sure. Yeah. So the offer, the way it is right now, it's uh, 1997 They get six months worth of So $2,000, by the way. So $2,000. Yeah. Yep. $2,000. So they get six months worth of the Edison suite, which includes ClickFunnels on the front end and then all of our back end Actionetics, which uh, is being completely redone here in a month. But it, basically, it's their autoresponders, the way they communicate through text. It's the way they communicate. Really, it's what we refer to it as it's your follow up funnels. And in addition to that, they also get an affiliate platform we call Backpack. Also, they then have, we have a, the Secrets Masterclass, which then teaches them exactly how to either create a product or find out basically what to sell and how to sell it. We then have instant traffic secrets, which gives them different ways they can actually drive traffic to their site. And we also then give them a product we developed with Jim Edwards called Funnel Scripts, where it gives them all the their ability to write all the copy that they need, whether it's for their homepage, for their VSLs, whether it's for videos or for webinars or Facebook ads, whatever else that might be. So the whole idea is to give people for $2,000 literally their business and online where they can get up and running literally as soon as they possibly get through this content. And that's just so critical because $2,000 provides you with the cash flow you need to pump right back into more customer acquisition. And that's really what I want people to take away from this is you guys are essentially selling the training and then providing the tool that you need to execute the training and bring it to life. 
you know, from a software platform perspective, and you're selling it at a price point that allows you just a ton of flexibility when it comes to your marketing campaigns. Now, your you know role at ClickFunnels is essentially you know business development. What has been, I, I guess, the most successful campaigns for you guys from a marketing perspective these days? <laughs> uh, you know, we have a lot of hail marys that uh, fortunately they get caught. So uh, uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've done, gosh, you know, Mike. For us, I think the the reality as far as what's been so successful is literally the ability to continue to do a ton of different front end offers and. We spend a lot of money, obviously, on Facebook traffic and things. We have a large affiliate network that we work with. But in addition to that, I think one of the other things is really finding partners that we can integrate with long term. Uh, we're really big into the marketing integration side of things, kind of like uh, you and I talked about earlier as far as the idea, as far as on the back end of being able to have ClickFunnels for, for most people's membership sites or ClickFunnels to, to uh, we do with Jeff Walker on the back of, of Launch Club and some of their things where they actually have ClickFunnels built into their training program. So for us, the long-term opportunity is really marketing integration partners. But one of the things I can tell you for us, it's really been a lot of fun. We ended up, uh, we did a viral video launch uh, last fall. We set a Guinness World Record for bu- human bubble soccer at the on the blue turf out here at Boise State Stadium. Ended up having Gary Vaynerchuk was out and, and brought in a ton of influencers. And I think the thing that we've really learned a lot is uh, we started off obviously cutting our teeth in the email marketing days. And as things have gone more social and more mobile, the thing I find really fascinating is how you really have to have multiple streams, uh, not really, it is multiple streams of revenue, but multiple streams of ways that you contact and communicate with your customer. And that's really been the main success for us. Well, let's talk about the conclusions that you guys have come to around that, right? I I agree with you on the mobile front. You know, we've got the self-made man platform going live this Monday, which we've been working on for a year. And a big priority for me around that was making sure that we're essentially a mobile first business model. So we're we're built for that, meaning we put a lot of time into the user interface from a mobile perspective. But from a payments and a login standpoint, right, we have login via Facebook. So you can set up an account with a single click. You know, we'll be integrating Google at some point. Uh, we're also set up with Apple Pay. So when somebody wants to check out, great, boom, done with Apple Pay. Next will be Android. And it really is focused in on that on that mobile experience. And as far as the marketing channels go, you got you just mentioned that you're you're looking to diversify that. And previously everybody would kind of pick their channel and that became their home where ninety percent of their activity took place and ninety percent of the results came from. And maybe that's a Facebook group or a Facebook fan page, maybe it's Instagram, maybe it's YouTube, maybe it's Twitter, maybe it's email, but everybody seems to have a home. Mine's always been email. And now you're saying that it's, you're finding that it's more important to diversify across as many of those platforms as you can. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been one of the things we saw really when we rolled out Russell's book, Expert Secrets, uh, last May, we ended up doing a virtual Facebook Live book launch. And a lot of our friends and people we've known for years, primarily just were all on email. And it was it was really hard for us to actually get them to go onto Facebook because they just didn't have an audience there. So for us, again, we started off the same as you may mention, Mike, and that is on the email platform. And we still have a very, very large email list that we communicate with on a regular basis. One of the things we're finding more from email these days is we're starting to see a lot of our email actually being used to push content into other sites. So take, for example, where... 
we'll have people on our email list and we actually will be pushing them content to our YouTube channel or content to a, a blog or content to a podcast. Uh, Russell has his Marketing Secrets podcast. I've got Funnel Hacker Radio podcast. And so we'll push people out that way to use email as a way where when people get it, a lot of times, most email, they think it's just going to be a sales pitch. And so we've really tried to use email also as ways of communicating, providing content that way. For us, we're very similar to, to what you made mention, Mike, and that is mobile is a huge, huge thing we're seeing about of all the funnels we went through and analyzed literally millions of funnels. And we're seeing right now that 63% of the funnels are actually, they first get hit through mobile traffic. And so because of that, we've also added the Apple, Apple pay to click funnels. We're adding a couple of additional uh, payment sources that's all done. Just again, trying to make it super simple for, for the user as well. I don't know when your experience, we're seeing still a lot of people who are opening them up on mobile, but they're buying on desktop. I don't know if that's what you're finding as well. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. You know, we're not live yet, right? We'll be live here next week, and that'll be the first opportunity we've ever had to to use Apple Pay and, and essentially go for mobile checkout, right? And I, th- you know, I think everybody would agree the key to creating an actual transaction in mobile is that it's got to be easy because nobody wants to sit there with their thumb and freaking <laughs> type in their address, their billing, their shipping, and all of that other crap, right? They just want to click and that's it. So I think that that's critical. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, specifically on, on my ads for, for my list building course and things like that will be like, email's dead. It's all social. And I want your opinion on that and what you guys see because what I see is I see mobile and social media platforms uh, being fantastic resources for lead generation, but I see email still absolutely crushing when it comes to actual revenue and sales generation. Oh, I totally agree with you on that. We are seeing, um, to kind of follow up with, you know, 63% of them may be opening things on mobile. They're buying on their desktops, but what we're finding from an email standpoint a lot of also kind of depends on the demographic, but for most people, we still see the email as by far one of the things that people people go to. They we find that we do a lot of our our lead gen uh, right now. Mike primarily comes on Facebook. We're doing quite a bit on Instagram and now exploring YouTube. But email still is probably one of the the ways we find most of our our communication still being. They still get open. They still get clicked on, and it's kind of like the whole idea as far as even direct mail. Even though it's expensive, it still works there too. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's going to be interesting. And again, I, I believe a lot of this has to be with how you're, you're built. You know, the apps, or excuse me, the, the mobile companies essentially that are just raking in the money are apps because the, the payment process is essentially built in and it's one click or web-based uh, experiences that have that, yeah. that feature set as well, right? So yeah, I'm curious to see, you know, we've been running our pre-launch contest here for the last seven days. And it's the very first time that we've offered the ability to essentially opt into anything. This is just to opt into the contest using login via Facebook functionality. And that's your your second option. The first one is email, right? So one or the other. And I had no idea what to expect from you know that ratio. For me, it was like, man, maybe it's going to be 50-50. I just don't know what it is. But it actually ended up ref- reflecting the numbers that a previous guest had, Amy Baglin from meetmindful.com. We had a fantastic interview with her. If you guys haven't heard that yet, go back and listen to it. It was phenomenal. But she said they have a login rate on uh, via Facebook of 20% and 80% email. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I would have guessed Facebook was much higher because it's normally just a single click, right? But that's exactly what we're seeing. 
We're seeing 80% email still and 20% login via Facebook. So it'll be interesting interesting to see how that develops down the road. You know, it's funny. We've, uh, we've seen obviously a lot of the same similar type of things. We were talking, I forget who I was speaking to about the other day, and a lot of people when they're opting in still are a little afraid to give them someone their Facebook. That's like, uh, I'm letting you into my, my living room here, and I don't know if I want to take you down to my bedroom yet. So Facebook still is a little personal for a lot of people, I think. Uh, email that they can filter out, and they don't know exactly what's going to come through that. So I, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, right? But, but you look at the difference when that instantly changes to an app, and it's an app like Instagram or, let's say, Bumble, right? The dating app. Oh, Bumble, yeah. Which their only option is login via Facebook. There is no email option. And, you know, they're going to be a you know, $500 million company with tens of, <laughs> tens of millions of users, right? And they all had to use that button because they need access to your profile information, your photos, and all of that other stuff. So it's interesting how perception, I think, plays a, a huge role and... Uh, and I think it's just expected on apps these days and the the perception's different. So, I totally agree with you. The app, apps definitely have that. Uh, we're actually looking at creating an app for that one reason. So I completely yeah. understand that. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. You know, one of the big questions that I had for you today is I've actually been writing the script for our sales video for the new Self-Made Man platform the last couple of days. So I'm literally waiting until the last minute. We launch in six days and I'm still writing. <laughs> um, Sounds familiar. Yeah, but but I'm going through Expert Secrets, right? Y- Yell's book, Russell's book. It's fantastic. I, I already read it when it came out. So I've got a lot of the most important stuff highlighted that I'm reviewing again. And one of the most interesting parts is all about the charismatic leader, right? And essentially in the book, Russell goes through all of the things that you need to build for lack of a better term, a cult following for your brand and for your company. And one of the ingredients is is essentially a cult leader. And we see that in a lot of businesses these days. Obviously, Gary Vee, Andy Frazella, uh, Drew Canoli at Organifi. And obviously, you guys have Russell, right? And so it's clearly very effective. People love to follow leaders. And they want someone that they can build a relationship with and build rapport with. My question is, though, if you eventually want to build a company you can sell down the road, what do you do? Because if you guys tried to sell ClickFunnels today, you probably could, but there would be this massive risk the buyer would be taking if Russell was no longer a part of it in the face of it anymore. Fantastic question. Oh, my gosh. Only because I get asked this all the time. I think it's, uh, you know, it's the same situation you run across like uh, with Steve Jobs and Apple. And you have this you know, charismatic leader that leaves the company. Company doesn't do as well. He comes back, company booms. And I think for us, it's been one of the things we've really looked at as far as trying to find a way of, of using Russell as the charismatic leader, which he is a massive, attractive character. And yet at the same time, being able to, to make sure that as we're building things within ClickFunnels, we can somewhat remove him from that. So take, for example, we've got a, a new coaching program we're going to be releasing here in the next month or two where he's actually not a part of it. And I'll be the first coaching program where he's not. And we're trying to basically uh, take him out of those kind of things while still at the same time, put him higher up as far as the face of the company, but with less actual control over a lot of the, or at least from the perception of other people as far as control, as far as what's going on. One of the things that if, if ClickFunnels ever does sell, one of the things I'm sure Russell's going to want to be able to do is, you know, ride off into the sunset without having to be, you know, chained to 
a, a 10 year contract because his name is, yeah. is synonymous with ClickFunnels. Yeah, without a doubt. So that's, you know, that's my, my huge question right now when it comes to self-made man is, is my goal is to eventually sell a business that I have, excuse me, build a business that I have the option to sell at some point if I want that. But I don't want to be the face and the guy that it's dependent upon anymore because I just, I see that as a trap. You know, like Tony Robbins can never sell Tony Robbins <laughs> business, right? <laughs> Tony Robbins is stuck. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. So, you know, I've been trying to make some really big decisions around that. And as of right now, my thinking is I'm just going to stay the host of the podcast because that would, that's a hard role to, to outsource at this point in the game, but that I'm not going to be a part of essentially the marketing, you know, at all. And I look at additional competing, not competing, but similar platforms to what we've built out there, which would be Skillshare, Udemy, Creative Live. None of them have a charismatic leader uh, at the head of it. Skillshare and Udemy, I have no idea who the founders are, really. I mean, I've looked sure. at them in the past. Uh, Creative Live has Chase Jarvis, but he's out there a little bit, but he's definitely not you know, selling the product. The company's not successful because he's out there on social media. In fact, I think he's only taken a presence publicly in the last year or two. You know, so they've built it without, without him being a front man either. So clearly, there's some precedent, at least in this business model, for being able to do it without that. But yeah, you guys, you know, it's been interesting. Y'all are clearly have built a huge success story. So it's like, which way do you go? You, do you want to go the more guaranteed route for success that could also potentially trap you or take the riskier version that has a more open-ended, you know, option set down the road? So, Well, I can tell you, so some of the things we're doing on that note, Mike, so recently, you know, we have what we refer to as our two comma club, which those people who have made over a million dollars inside of a sales funnel inside of ClickFunnels. And so even at our Funnel Hacking Live, where in the past, Russell had been one of our roundtable hosts, now the only roundtable hosts will be those people who are basically our success stories. And so we're really trying to push more of more of the success of ClickFunnels away from Russell onto some of the others, mm. while at the same time keeping him obviously front and present. We follow the Apple model quite heavily with a lot of the things that they've done as far as building that type of a cult. You still need that leader, and people still want to know they're, they're following someone. But he doesn't have to be as involved in everything as he has been in the past. Yeah, that makes sense. So switching gears a little bit here, you know, we we mentioned earlier the priority that you guys have to start becoming more effective in a multi-channel way. And the way that I've been thinking about building self-made man is to essentially have a CMO, someone who is, takes ownership of customer development, acquisition, you know, marketing, all of that good stuff. And then underneath that person having essentially a channel head for every major channel because each of them is their own specialty capable of doing millions, if not tens of millions in, in sales and revenue alone, respectively. And so, you know, potentially getting someone full-time in-house to run Facebook campaigns, full-time in-house for YouTube, full-time in-house for LinkedIn, media buys, affiliates, whatever it may be. And essentially having that individual own that channel and... What is your thought process when it when it comes to that? Yay, nay, what are you guys doing? So we've actually created our own internal agency, uh, rolled out really the first of this year. That's obviously the only, only client the internal agency has is ClickFunnels. So we really have part of it as a traffic team. And that traffic team is focused in multiple different areas. We do have someone who specializes in YouTube. We have someone who specializes on Facebook ads. We're looking at an Instagram person. But John, who runs our our marketing stuff basically runs that traffic team. 
And I think it's that's worked out well for us. Uh, as far as from an agent's internal agency standpoint, though, really we've looked at it just to make sure that as we're building the content, it kind of goes back to, we are talking about this earlier with the idea, you have to speak in a unique way to each different platform. And so even though we have a lot of similar content that gets repurposed for different platforms, it gets repurposed not just as a stripped audio and then as, as mm, you know, typed yeah. up as a blog post, but it actually, the content gets repurposed in a way that is unique for that actual platform. An example, this would be, take for example, our YouTube channel right now. It's a channel that we're trying to build up. Uh, we currently have, you know, 5 million views, but only, you know, 50,000 or 45,000 actual subscribers. And so for us, as we were taking a look at our channel, one of the things Funnel Hacker Radio podcast is on there. Uh, Russell's Marketing Secrets podcast is on there. We have, you know, Funnel Hacker TV, and we've got a whole bunch of different things you could have in a playlist. But the problem was what we've realized is that the podcasts, even though they're on there, they're just, it's again, we did, we made the mistake of literally just putting a video with an audio streaming. That's not engaging. No one's going to listen to that or watch that. And they won't go from video to video, which is one of the main things on YouTube that you're wanting to do. And so for us, uh, we've really taken a look at, uh, we we're talking with Joe Marfolio actually earlier this morning with regards to, you know, having videos that really are what we refer to as your discovery videos, another one that's our community videos, and then a third one that are sales videos. And making sure that even like on the podcast, for us, we actually are doing video podcasts now with the guest and we're doing it at the end where I basically will end up having a, a quick little shot as far as what we talked about on a video so they know when they get to YouTube that they're watching this video and that it's unique to YouTube and it's just not a stripped audio file from iTunes. Yeah, you know, you totally agree. Like, you know, Lewis Howe started doing this, right, where he started videoing a year or two ago all of his podcast interviews. And yeah. his, his primary platform is his podcast. But hey, if you've got all these celebrities there, you might as well film them. And then he would start posting them those videos to YouTube. But it's like you said, you're just not going to get the same kind of engagement. Nobody's going to go there and sit down and watch a 45 to 60 minute long interview <laughs> of two guys speaking into microphones, right? You know, so I, I completely agree with that. And, and it's important to, to, to build the content and plan the content for the platform. Clarifying on the agency side, is this its own separate legal company entity? Uh, not yet. It, Okay. Well, is it, is no. it just in, in, in name, if you will? I'm wondering why you call it an yeah. agency rather than the marketing department, right? Uh, primarily because we wanted to long-term, I think long-term we'll take a look at actually possibly bringing on additional clients. And so we were really looking at, at if we were to build an agency, what would it consist of? And not all the people are here in-house. Uh, so we actually have some people who are, who are remote and we've really looked as far as who would be the right people on the team. And so as we've been building it, it's been fun for us to say, if we were to build an agency, what would it look like? And that's really why we've called it the agency is for the intent of really trying to create an agency that has one client right now that if in the future, if we wanted to bring others in, it would be very streamlined, very simple to do. Yeah. And obviously, they would be your, your most effective ClickFunnels <laughs> you know, users, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Have you all ever talked about essentially starting an incubator within the company that would, you know, help take your most successful users, uh, you know, scale them up even more and then potentially sell, you know, their business for them? Oh, man, it's a gosh, great question. And the answer is yes, but not now. Yeah. Our whole stay focus stay right? focused on what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah We've learned a long sense. time ago, you know, you make more money working on your own business than you ever will working on someone else's. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
So it's tough to do more than one thing at a time and be effective at it. That's for sure. <laughs> um, very cool. So what else has been really effective for you guys over the last year or ineffective, right? What have, what has potentially not worked out, uh, that you think would be useful for folks to know? Uh, I can tell you one of the things I made a huge mistake on <laughs> uh, was actually when we did our viral video launch with some of the influencers. We brought in quite a few influencers, some of which we actually paid to be here. And I did a terrible job of actually working with them on exactly how and what they were going to do with the content that we gave them. And it was really, it, it was a great learning experience for me. And one of those things where if I was to do it again, I would have spent a ton more time with them specifically on exactly how and what to do. Uh, because of that, we actually are looking at doing some influencer marketing again uh, right after Funnel Hacking Live and are working with unique influencers who have much more control, not control, but at least have much more influence over an audience and a demographic that we're wanting to, to get involved in. And so that's an area that uh, we're going to start uh, you know, pl playing around with for sure. You know, I remember over the last year, you guys have, have done... I don't know if it's if it's funnelhackers.tv or essentially, but it was like a, a show almost where yeah. y'all were doing a 20 to 30 minute show. What was it on a, a weekly basis or something like that? But you put a lot of time and attention and production values into it. But what was the story around that campaign and has it been successful and accomplished what you wanted uh, you know, to do? So we have two different Funnel Hacker TV shows, basically. We have, uh, the first one that you're referring to, Mike, was Funnel Hacker TV. And the idea behind it was... We literally were going to take and build a funnel for someone and basically go from the very beginning all the way to the end and see what what did we learn, what things worked, what things didn't work. In a way, almost kind of like the profit type of thing, but with one client and really trying to, to take it from the beginning and really show with the intent of providing content for people that, well, this didn't work and you should have done this, we could have done this. And we've, we filmed quite a few of them. Uh, we still have quite a few that we're still will be releasing over time. What we found is that as much as we wanted it to, to provide a lot of the answers and the questions uh, for other people to consume on a long-term basis, due to the fact that it's a little bit longer and things, people just weren't watching to the end. And so what we ended up deciding to do last year, about this time actually, was we started creating more of a behind-the-scenes look. And mm -hmm. so we now have Funnel Hacker behind the scenes, where it's Russell, myself, and a couple other people basically have cameras, and we literally will film behind the scenes helping people understand what actually takes place here at our headquarters, as well as when I'm traveling or when Ruffles, Russell's traveling or others are basically what is kind of the lifestyle, what's going on with the intent really of providing more, more content on a, on a very quick basis than a really detailed show instead. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I was just, I was impressed by the ambition you guys had behind that. And I was like, wow, this is, <laughs> you know, this is ambitious. So uh, yeah, that was really cool. Now, as far as retention goes, right, the key to success in a software company is is retention. It's reducing your churn rate, if you will. And I look at platforms like ClickFunnels, which essentially serve as the entire infrastructure for a business, meaning you guys provide everything from essentially the, the website creator through to the shopping cart, through to product delivery, email autoresponders, and everything. It's kind of a all-in-one system. And... So once somebody's in it and using it, there's a very there's a very small chance they're going to leave anytime soon because that would be a ridiculous amount of work to have to recreate somewhere else. So I'd imagine your churn's pretty low, but I'd imagine also that your activation 
campaign at the beginning of their life cycle is probably pretty difficult as well because there's a lot that goes into, you know, setting up uh, an entire business, even though y'all system is without a doubt the easiest in the industry that I've ever seen to use. It's still a lot of work, right? So what what can you share when it comes to activation and retention that y'all have learned? Wow. Geez, we could go on for hours on this one. Um, I'll tell you a couple things real quick. One of the things we uh, we saw at the very beginning, as far as people who that actually helped retention, as crazy as this may sound, was when we first started, we ended up having a, basically it was a, about a ten minute video of Russell really walking people through three different things. And if they did those three things, we basically sent them out a free T shirt, which was our funnel hacker t- TV our funnel hacker T shirt. I was amazed at how important that t-shirt was to our, our retention in the very beginning. It was, we still do it, not as often as, as actually we were just talking about the other day, we're, we're going to implement it again. But that, Mike, it was interesting. We would run across people who would still, and I think part of it was just due to law of reciprocity. They received something free from us and they almost felt like in a way obligated. And I'd run across people who said, oh yeah, I've got an account. I just haven't done anything with it yet, but I love my t-shirt and I just don't want to, I just don't want to stop paying. I was like, well, we appreciate that. So I can say that was one of the first stick strategies that worked real well for us. We are always testing things on churn. Again, for us, Mike, we have a 14-day a free trial. And so from those people basically entering their credit card, for those people opt-in and entering their credit card, it's about a 50%. And then for those who actually make the first payments, about 50%. So for us, we're always spending time trying to see what we can do to improve that. And we saw literally just... <laughs> Almost by accident, about uh, probably a week ago, we were looking at it and someone had turned off our onboarding sequence. And by turning off our our onboarding, basically forcing someone to go through the onboarding videos, uh, it actually increased our conversion at that point by about 6%, which was just kind of a weird thing. So we're we're always split testing things. And again, I could spend hours and hours on different stick strategies and things, but uh, those are two of them we've seen recently. Wow. So... The onboarding incubation series, if you will, was accidentally turned off and your stick rate rose. <laughs> Is that right? Exactly. Wow, crazy. You know, Amy uh Amy again had a similar a similar story on their on their checkout, right? Where the rule of thumb is, especially on mobile, the fewer fields you have to you know, finish your credit card transaction, the better, right? There's less work for the user uh you know that's involved. There's less information that you're asking for. So you know, you're, we're asking for the bare minimum name, credit card number, and email address. And you can get away with that these days with Stripe, right? You don't even need right. the zip code. Yeah. And they ran a split test where they added the zip code in. So more information and conversion rates uh, increased by 60%. <laughs> Honestly, Mike, it's this kind of stuff that I, I'm, I'm going to be bald by the end of this year, I'm sure, because we're split testing all these crazy things. But it's those things where you're like, why does that? That doesn't make any sense. And you I get expensive time on it. Yeah. It's, you never know. And that's it's for us, it's one of the things where Russell will create the funnel and then Todd basically gets his whole job basically to say, okay, how can I beat Russell's stats? And so we split test everything inside the app for that one reason. Wow. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, this has been, this has been a lot of fun. We've, uh, I don't think we've had a lot of conversations like this back and forth on the show where it's like, hey, what's working? What are you guys doing? So this has been really neat. Dave, any final words of wisdom or resources or tools or tricks or something that has really made a, a big impact for you guys on a, a marketing front over the last year? 
Uh, I can say one of the things we've seen is the importance of the order form bump. That's been one of the things that, as crazy as it sounds, we we get a pretty large percentage of. So in our our two step order form, again, very similar where you pay, put a name and email address on the first step, and the second step is you know credit card. The order form bump for us is way of really of decreasing the number of OTOs we have on the back end. But that o, I mean, it's not uncommon. We'll get anywhere from eighteen to twenty five percent of the people who actually will click on the order form bump. So let's talk. Let's talk about that real quick, right? Because I've I, I've seen it, and I want to make sure I'm clear. But you're talking about a two step checkout process, meaning you take their name and email address on step one. You hit, you know, st- you click here to continue, and then on step two, you take the credit card information. And at the bottom of the credit card information is is correct me if I'm wrong. The order bump where it says, you know, would you like to add this manual to your order for an extra twenty nine dollars? Click this checkbox. Is that what you're referring to as the bump? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, good. So it's not an upsell. It's just right there below the credit card info. It's literally a single paragraph of text. It's maybe one or two sentences. And then yeah, you don't have that, much time to sell. It's, it's yeah. got to be real, real concise. And it, but it's for us, when we're looking at average cart value, I'm amazed at what that does for us for our average cart value. It's, it, <laughs> I mean, we get almost a 20 to 30% increase in average cart value because of those kind of things. So it's almost a, <laughs> a pre-sell upsell, if you will. <laughs> you haven't it even is. got... It is. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And then you have, I'm assuming, an upsell after they've submitted their order. We do. Yeah. Which which helps traditionally as well. And for those of y'all who are new to the online marketing game, you know, Dave, uh, upsells were invented uh, during, uh, you know, our beginning years in this world, probably <laughs> 10, 15 years ago now. And it completely changed everything. Oh, uh, yeah. You have to have... You have to have upsells when you're selling a product online, especially when you're just starting out, because it's going to double or triple your initial customer value right there the moment you implement it. I remember back in Magnetic Sponsoring 10 years ago, the moment we (laughs) implemented our first upsell, we tripled our initial customer value and that literally tripled company revenue. Moving forward, we went from you know roughly $50,000 a month to the next day, $150,000 a month with one upsell. It's crazy. Yeah. just It's just critical. You, you have to do it. And I'm laughing at myself right now because we're launching the platform next week and I don't have an upsell, but uh, <laughs> it's a different, it's a slightly different business model. Maybe we'll figure one out that's appropriate at some point, but yeah, that's great, great advice. Well, this has been uh, this has been awesome, my friend. I uh, I'm super excited about y'all's success and where y'all are are taking the business and how you're changing the industry and innovating as usual. Uh, it's been really cool to watch and uh, yeah, congratulations! It's just been awesome. Oh, well, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Dave. Where can folks go to connect with you personally, and or where should they go to to check out ClickFunnels as well? ClickFunnels.com, obviously, easiest place to find out more about ClickFunnels and. As far as me personally, you can always hit me up on Facebook. It's probably the easiest place. And just uh, at Dave Woodward? Yep. And that's where you're most active? I'm, for the most part, yes, I am. Okay. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for the time today. This has been awesome. And uh, guys, uh, I'm a huge fan of ClickFunnels. This is the platform we've been teaching people to use through my List Grow course for the last two, two and a half years. And uh, it's because it's the easiest and most effective way to put a business online uh, that exists. So if you haven't checked it out, I would encourage you to go do so. Well, Dave, thanks again, brother. It's always great to hear from you. I appreciate the time and uh, let's stay in touch and and maybe check in a year from now and see how you guys are doing. Sounds great. I can't wait to see the new self-made man. That'll be fun too. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks so much and we'll see you next week. Take care.